You are listening to Inside Healthcare, a podcast presented by NCQA. Hi, and welcome to our Inside Healthcare mini episode series, A View from the Summit. I'm NCQA Senior Multimedia Specialist and podcast producer, Dave Smolar, recording this week live from our first annual Health Innovation Summit. Over the course of this week, I'm conducting live in-person interviews with speakers and participants at this year's summit, and we're holding it in Washington, D.C. By the way, if this summit sold out before you had a chance to register, don't worry, plans are already afoot for a bigger venue in a different city set for next year's event. So I don't have any more details than that personally, but please keep your eyes glued to ncqa.org as details emerge. And now back to our show. Every night this week through the course of the summit, I'll be posting mini episodes for you to keep you in touch with our events, tracks and topics, and to keep you in the know on the latest in healthcare. NCQA is all about quality, and this year's summit can be boiled down to two overall topics, health equity and digital health. And some of our guests this week, as you'll hear, stand at the crossroads of these two important paths. And now on to this edition of A View from the Summit. It's no surprise to hear that the pandemic is dangerous for the most vulnerable populations. One such population deserving of attention are pregnant people, with the options available nowadays for safer delivery among other aspects of perinatal care, it's a scary proposition for anyone to leave the house for an indeterminate hospital stay. So when it comes to carrying a child in today's world, what are the options for care that keep the parents and child as safe as possible? At this year's summit, we heard some answers from Dr. Nancy Jin and Dr. Brenda Jackson, both of Kaiser Permanente. Together, they offered a presentation titled, Reducing Perinatal Risk, Improving Access, and Reducing Disparities Through Virtual Perinatal Care. To minimize risk during the pandemic, Kaiser Permanente used its telehealth capabilities to pivot many prenatal in-person interactions to virtual encounters. It created a perinatal remote monitoring pathway, a blended perinatal care model that allows patients to have some prenatal appointments conducted by video and monitors vitals for pregnant people and their babies. The program has led to many pregnant people receiving early, potentially life-saving interventions to address complications of pregnancy. It's also been important for patients who are challenged to keep prenatal appointments because they, for instance, lack access to transportation or cannot afford to take the time off of work. So now here's a bit about our guests of this interview. Nancy Jin, MD, FACP, is Executive Vice President for Quality and Chief Quality Officer for the Permanente Federation which oversees clinical quality for more than 23,000 physicians nationwide across eight Kaiser Permanente regions, caring for over 12.5 million members across the nation from Hawaii to DC. Dr. Jin is board certified in internal medicine, a member of the California Medical Association and a fellow of the American College of Physicians. Dr. Jin is an accomplished author, writes on topics from domestic violence and hypertension to health policies and bioethics. 
And she also has a good relationship with NCQA and is in fact on the steering committee for the Health Innovation Summit. Our other guest is Brenda Jackson, DNP, a doctor of nursing practice. She serves as Senior Director of Clinical Care Improvement for Clinical Quality in the Permanente Federation. Her work has emphasized interregional, multidisciplinary collaboration to implement strategic advancement in patient quality, safety, and care experience. Dr. Jin starts us off in this interview with insights into Kaiser's capabilities and positioning to provide solutions for remote monitoring and remote care in perinatal patients. We are a national leader in improving and maintaining the health of women and children. And we provide among the best and safest care possible um, to, have a to have a baby um, with about 120,000 uh, births per year. Um, we've worked hard to ensure that safety, uh, working to lower cesarean section rates. Um, the low-risk C-section rate is about 23% uh, for our group, which is uh, right on target with what the HHS target of 23.9% uh, is recommending. Um, and we, it is a priority for us to identify contributing factors to maternal mortality. Um, and to target interventions uh, for those uh, factors to improve maternal outcomes. So tell me about some of the challenges that you've heard, that you've discovered through research and through the projects um, towards maternal health, the realities of dealing with it, dealing with it during the pandemic, uh, delivery of care, um, just whatever uh, you can add for us. Thanks, David. You know, as we've all been hearing about in the news, we've seen an increase in what we call you know, the maternal deaths as well as in maternal morbidity, which is worsening health outcomes. And there are a lot of factors that cause that to happen. Some of it can have to do with access to care. Some of it, especially during COVID, was the fear and reticence around seeking health care. And we've also seen that overall there's been an increase in high blood pressure, increase in obesity, increase in postpartum hemorrhage. All those factors really come together. And so it, in this space of really realizing there's this been this increase in maternal deaths, we've really tried to be intentional around changing the way in which we might deliver care or increasing the access, the ways in which our patients can access care. So our research, within KP actually showed that we do have a lower overall maternal mortality ratio. But one of the things we've seen is, is that the trend around inequity exists similarly within KP. And so we've seen the high blood pressure, those same causes, postpartum hemorrhage, that, that we see on the national platform, we've seen the same within Kaiser Permanente. And so both that's been a challenge for us that's been validated by our research. And one of the things I would add, David, is also that um, it's a call to arms for all of us that over the last 30 years, we have seen a tripling of maternal deaths in this country, where we have seen improvement in almost all other facets of healthcare, maternal mortality, we are worsening. 
Um, even during the pandemic, uh, we continued to worsen yet again uh, to a point where right now the average for the country is about 23.8 deaths per 100,000 lives births. Uh, back in the late 80s, that number was 7.2. We have work to do. So tell me about the program. What is Kaiser Permanente working on right now in order to address these challenges? We are approaching, especially around the virtual prenatal care, is being able to provide both a blended model of care for those patients who are low risk, such that they're able to have some of their visits in person as well as some virtual, which again can address inequities around access to care if I have children at home, if I'm working, if there's a lack of transportation to be able to come into the facilities. And then we also have what we call a hypertension high-risk pathway, which increases the surveillance for women so that they don't have to come in for visits on a weekly or a bi-weekly basis. They can actually take their own blood pressure at home and then that goes into our uh, electronic health record and we can respond as appropriately via text messages if it's an out of range blood pressure or if it's a normal blood pressure then we can touch base with them once a week just to really ensure that any time their blood pressure or any of their other health conditions get a little out of whack we can really jump in and be a partner with them in taking care of themselves. I mean blended care is it's the most effective thing you can do. There's, you can talk about virtual health, and you can talk about remote care, uh, but you shouldn't be saying the only thing we can do is this. And at some point, somebody might have to go to a facility. At some point, they want to have a consultation face-to-face. And we'll talk about that in, in, in a couple of minutes, that um, just the human aspect mm-hmm. of having face-to-face conversations um, is significant, but you can still uh, you can still mirror that in home care. So let me first ask you, the program that we're talking about now for KP, mm-hmm. how did it start? How does it function? How does it work? So how it actually functions is, is that when a woman is pregnant and enters prenatal care, uh, at that very first visit, we look at all of her health history and really try to determine, is she what we would term low risk? So it doesn't have a reason that she really needs to come in on a regular basis for really close monitoring. And then if she is low risk, she's given the option that some of her visits can be virtual and some of them in person. And so in that fashion, um, she, we try to time it with other tests that need to take place in person. So their ultrasound, their labs, their mental health screening. And then if the mom says, yep, I want to opt into this program, she actually is enrolled and receives a box at home that includes tools to really ensure that we're continuing this close, safe care. And, so- and the, the patients are given choice. Um, we want them to come in, but we also have looked at the data uh, that shows a surprisingly large number of people who do not make all of their prenatal visits um, for all of the reasons that we've outlined earlier. Um, and so our feeling is uh, if we can get them to have a visit, um, and a visit that actually provides information about their weight, about their blood pressure, uh, we can listen to their fetal heart tones together, um, that is a much more effective way than to miss the visit altogether. 
and uh, we are doing research on our outcomes. Uh, we uh, have a program that has already been submitted for publication um, from our Georgia region. Um, and what they're finding, just to give you a sneak peek into the research, um, they're finding that there was lower morbidity and no maternal deaths in the two years that they've put this program in place. It's astounding. Um, talk about the national recognition that you've received for the program. Well, we were very, very um, fortunate to have been invited by Vice President Kamala Harris, who is the sponsor of the first ever White House Maternal Day of Action last December, um, to present the perinatal remote monitoring program. Uh, we were one of a number of private sector organizations who had innovations in this field um, and an opportunity to present. Um, it was uh, a follow-up as well. Uh, now, uh, just last week, uh, Health and Human Services uh, got the group back together um, and asking them, you know, where are you now? It's been nearly a year and what kind of progress has been made? Um, and for us, the progress has been significant and provides us with, again, a lot of information that helps us continue to refine our program. So if it's okay before we go, I wanted to ask you, um, that it's it's great when you mention equity at the beginning mm -hmm. and then we don't say the word equity but just about everything we've been talking about is, is an equity issue when we're talking about trying to reach uh, possible patients potential patients who need and deserve care and when I say reach it's all on the one hand there's talking about accessibility of care and doing this virtually mm -hmm. on the other hand it's talking about reaching them in terms of making sure they understand that this is important and there are these services that are available to them and how do we how do we get them to to respond to that how do we how do we get them to understand the onus is on them for them to have self-care and it's not the other way around um, one of the aspects one type of equity i guess you would say is what we call birth equity and we had one or two shows where we discussed birth equity which is in line with what we're talking about. You're talking about solutions uh, that could be defined as solutions for one aspect of birth equity. Uh, obviously, with perinatal care, there are other aspects of it. Mm -hmm. We're not even talking about postpartum care yeah. and, mm -hmm. and, and issues with dealing with depression and getting people to receive behavioral care that they, that they uh, would benefit from. So tell me about uh, your efforts, or at least your ideas, in getting people to uh, getting people to take advantage of the services that you offer, especially for virtual perinatal care. So, in particular, this program, and even across KP, we have really been seeking the patient voice. So, we have done a lot of work around equity-centered design and applying equity-centered principles in designing programs. So, from the very outset, we had patients involved in the design of KP Connected Pregnancy. We interviewed over 20 patients about how is the pandemic affecting them, what were their needs, what was working, what wasn't working in virtual care. We had patient prototyping sessions that were all women of color that were involved in that and gave us feedback even on the naming of the program. Uh, and then we also have a women's advisory, a BIPOC advisory council, and they have really come forward with, when you talk about that trust, some of the terminology that we use and how do we build trust. Um, one particular example I would give 
is when we were talking about the naming of the high blood pressure program, they really came forward from this council and said, we need you to explain to us what is high blood pressure pregnancy. We don't understand this and how it impacts us. So this council developed the script, gave us feedback on the script, identified what members needed to be involved in this patient education video, and then that video is being uh, done in this next week with three different patients who are speaking about what is high blood pressure, what does it mean to me, what are the risks, and how do I feel safe with the care that you're gonna provide? That was something that they asked us to be able to insert into this patient education. So it's really exciting. We take to this group um, every topic that you can possibly think of to really have them part of designing the care that they'll receive. You know, I think one of the most important aspects to come out of the pandemic uh, is the recognition of inequity in care. Um, and that has created a laser focus for us in Kaiser Permanente and we know for healthcare all across the country. Um, we find that in the space of perinatal care in particular, um, it can be difficult because of generations of systemic racism uh, that create job inequities, housing inequities, transportation inequities um, throughout our communities. And we are part of those communities as well. Um, so we have put into place a number of efforts. Um, you know, this program was developed at the national level for us as an organization at an enterprise level. Um, but it has essential and strong ties with the communities that we serve. Um, our facilities, our clinics are embedded and within the community so that we are part of the community. Um, we know the people, we get to know thought leaders within those communities, we enlist them to help us tell the stories. Uh, we will bring in families if needed to help them, uh, help us tell the story as well and the reason why it's important for people to get the prenatal care that they need. Uh, we also have implemented a new program within our organization called Thrive Local, which connects our community-based organizations more readily, really at the fingertips in the office um, with our members. Um, so that uh, it is no longer something where we hand somebody the name of an organization on a slip of paper and hope that they call, because we also recognize when those people return to their home environment, they're often overwhelmed with the same social issues um, that put them at higher risk for maternal mortality and poorer outcomes. Um, so we try and make it so that now through Thrive Local, that connection is automated. Um, and we also have a connections hotline for people um, so that if they uh, need to call, uh, those individuals can also connect them with community-based organizations that we know are reliable, we have vetted them. Um, so we really are trying uh, to approach this from a multifaceted um, strategy uh, because we know that the factors that go into how care becomes inequitable um, are so far-reaching that healthcare alone is not going to be able to fix this. Uh, we have to rely on community partners and we have to rely on families. 
Kaiser Permanente Executive Vice President for Quality, Dr. Nancy Jin, MD, alongside Senior Director of Clinical Care Improvement for Clinical Quality, Dr. Brenda Jackson, DNP. We'll hear more about concepts and solutions for healthcare at home in coming episodes. But in the meantime, thanks for joining us for this mini episode of Inside Healthcare, a view from the summit. Again, we're recording live all this week, and I'll continue to post this free content here for you to use and peruse. Spread the word about the show. Check ncqa.org for updates on our Springtime Quality Talks event and next year's November Health Innovation Summit. And keep watching this stream for more mini-eps of Inside Healthcare. For the award-winning NCQA communications team, I'm Dave Smolar. We'll see you again, no doubt. You've been listening to Inside Healthcare, a podcast brought to you by NCQA, the National Committee for Quality Assurance. Inside Healthcare is available on your computer or mobile device through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and on our blog at blog.ncqa.org forward slash podcast. <laughs>